Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Uh, I think you would agree with me that it's been an unbelievable week to do that. Has it not? Okay, so let me just set out the week for you, okay? So not, not to mention like the, the tornado that hit toward the end of last week and just all the damage that's around, but um, Monday, the unbelievable events unfolded at the Boston Marathon. And all week, this manhunt... I mean, I could not turn my eyes away from the TV, partly because I've always wanted to be a firefighter or a cop, and some are still convincing me to pursue that. Um, but five, I believe five through this event have died, and 176 are injured, and some in unbelievable ways. On Wednesday, Amanda's, di- Amanda's dad died. Uh, went to be with the Lord. On Thursday, in West Texas, an explosion happened at a fertilizer plant, killing some 35 and injuring over 160. On Saturday, an earthquake rocked China, somewhere between 6.6 and 7 rated on the scale, rocked China, 156 dead, 5,500 people injured. I saw that number. I was like, that's got to be wrong. That's a lot of people. Now, the, the definition of joy is the feeling of great pleasure or happiness. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And I don't have to stand here and probably convince you that it's been kind of a tough week. Like, so Monday, like, I finished up with some things that were going on Monday, and I, and I go, get ready to go to Starbucks, which is my mobile office, to, to write a sermon on joy when I, my phone blows up with the breaking news, bombs go off at the finish line of a marathon. Now, I've, I'm a runner, so I know the scene, and I'm, I'm just like, like, what? And like, just to sit down and write a sermon on joy. So I'm just like, as much as you are, like, what, 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 do, we, what do we do with this? But here's, here's what we know biblically, okay? There's a massive difference between happiness and joy. The scriptures teach this, that joy is rooted in eternal realities and an infinite being. Joy is rooted in eternal realities, namely heaven, eternal realities, the promises of God, and an infinite being, God himself. Happiness is based on temporal circumstances. When life presses in, you'd be happy. But listen, joy is not intimidated by trial. 
Joy is not intimidated by trial. Rather, it's galvanized through it. And at the heart of joy is the heart of God. And listen, the call to rejoice in the Lord always is an invitation. Can I, can I show you this invitation? Okay, by far, my favorite verse in all of the scriptures. You ready? Psalm 16, verse 11. Here's what it says. It's so simple. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you see all the promise that's packed in that scripture? You know, many of us, like, you know, I, I was, I was, Driving on the road, thinking about, you know, I'll tweet out, like, when I, get, when, I, when I grow up, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a cop. Like, I couldn't stop watching the TV this week, because when I grow up, I want to be a cop. You know, like, so, like, still rolling through my head, it's like, what do I want to do with my life? And, you know, it's just silly, right? Um, I'm supposed to be an adult, and I guess I am, whatever. Um, but, like, here, here in this text, well, how does it start? It says, you make known to me the path of life. So what are we called to do? What are we pursuing? What's the path that as Christians, for those that are Christian, and for, for everyone at that, what's, what are we called to, to run hard after? What's the path that God has for us? His presence. In his presence. Okay, so a couple, two things. Number one, you're commanded to pursue your joy. You see that? You're commanded to pursue your joy. How great of God to do that, is it not? We have a very awful view of God so many times, and we think he's the cosmic cop up in heaven, some like AK-47 deal pointing down at us, just waiting for us to, you know, waiting to pop us. No, he commands us to pursue joy. Um, many of you know John Piper, um, Actually, retired from pastoring 33 years, he says this pretty famous quote by him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So the call to joy, joy being this rock-solid, sure reality based in the promises of God and God himself. It's a pursuit that you're commanded that you and I are commanded. But secondly, here's what I want to tell you. You want to find joy? Find God. Because joy dwells where God dwells. Okay, have you ever tried to like, just put that smile on your face? Like, I'm supposed to be happy, or like you come in here and you just try to manufacture this little, like, you know, things are great. You can't do that. It's kind of like the smile, you know, like if you, for those that have gotten married and you get your wedding pictures, you know, and you're just like, and after a while, it's just like, this isn't, I'm not, like, there's not really a smile there. It's just, you know, you can almost like, it's stuck, you know, you have to kind of pull it down or whatever. Um, but listen, joy is this thing. You can't manufacture it. We try to manufacture it, but listen, it's going to be phony every time. 
It's something that is a result of, of finding God. It doesn't exist outside of God. And I'm not saying that someone who isn't walking with Jesus doesn't have happiness in their life. They can't find things that are fun and, and, and pleasurable because that, we'd, I'd be foolish to say that, right? But I think that you're never going to find the ultimate reality, the fullness of joy that's described in Psalm 1611 apart from it. And the danger that I think for many of us is this, what I talk about when I talk about compartmentalization of our faith. What is that? It's taking Christianity, relationship with God, and it's turning it into some hobby. If you came here today because this is your hobby, like that's lame. Let me just say that. That's boring. That's dumb. Okay? But Christianity is an all-encompassing, life-encompassing. The path is a pursuit of the God of heaven. We know this, right? We know that the pursuit of joy is a pursuit of God, and you want to find joy, you've got to find God. How do you find God? You run hard to him, and he'll find you. Actually, you don't even have to run. Some of you are like, I can't run. For in his presence is fullness of joy. Joy dwells where God dwells. I would say one of the most grueling things for me as a parent is discipline. Um, And this happens every now and then where I'll be driving home excited to see my kids and my wife. um, And I'll walk in the door and the first thing out of Danielle's mouth is, um, I need you to go spank your son. (laughs) It's like, I mean, you've been there? It's like, it's awful. I, I hate it. But listen, those moments, the moments when in love I discipline my kids, there's, those are some of the most cherished moments, as hard as they are. Okay, now I've never said this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I've thought it like, you know, like, I was like, I can't say that. Like, that, then I'll become my parents, right? Um, I don't even know if they said that. Have you guys said that? Did we, people, I don't even know. Um, but in those moments when I'm calling my kids to confess their sin, when I'm actually leading them to pray to Jesus and confess their sin, like, and I'm holding them in my arms, in their tears, because I just gave them a sore on their rear end, precious. And in those moments, what am I doing? I'm not trying to modify their behavior through pain. I'm trying to give them my presence. I'm trying to love them through a hug. I'm trying to love them through like, I'm here with you, fighting with you for your joy. Joy is found in a pursuit of the Lord. I'm sustaining joy through my presence. Psalm 21 verse 6 says this, For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. Um, I talked earlier about manufacturing joy. Did you know that um, joy is a fruit of the Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, is love, joy. Okay, what do we know about fruit? 
Do you go to a manufacturing plant to find how they manufacture fruit? No. You don't manufacture fruit. Okay, in the same way, you cannot manufacture joy. It's a result of a surrendered life to Christ. Listen, where God manifests it through you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God alive in you. Why is it that Christians can stand firm in the midst of trial, in the midst of atrocities like this week? Man, it brings questions. It brings questions to my mind. Okay, but, but listen, we're, it's unwavering in the fact that, that I know who God is. I'm sure of his great salvation. I'm sure of his presence in the midst of pain. But in the midst of that, God's spirit alive in me produces a life of joy. I mean, have, you, have you ever been around someone who's experienced awful tragedy and you're just like, how are you okay right now? Listen, it comes through the work of the Spirit in life. But joy is also connected to worship. You ever, you ever thought about that? Okay. Joy is connected to worship. A life lived in God's presence will produce exuberant worship. Okay, and I, I'm convinced that so many Christians come to church and in coming to church, they try to manufacture some sort of affection for God. Well, maybe if I raise my hand or maybe if we played this song or maybe if we played that song, maybe the preacher wasn't so boring. Maybe if like we had a time of sharing or maybe, you know, whatever is if we can manufacture an attitude of joy and an attitude of worship when in reality... Church isn't a manufacturing plant where you come here and try to produce something. But it's an expression of a life lived in the presence of God. That, that's the call. Like, man, I was hoping you'd unpack something a little bit different than that on joy. Like, there's nothing different, there's nothing more profound then like joy is found in the presence of God. You want to talk about the most joyful being on the planet is God Almighty. So you wrestle with living a life that's solidified by a resolve that in the midst of crazy kids, crazy job, tragedies, celebrations, you're not pushed around through emotion because you have a relationship with the King of Kings. And he is the most joyful being in the world. And in response to my experience with him, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, the result has to be joy. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. You're like, well, 
how do you, how do you worship God after what happened this week? You ever thought about that? Like, you come in here, you're like, somebody's got some answers for me. Like, how, where's God in this? Like, how do, you, how do you worship God in this? Listen, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his promises and his presence never change. That defines how we worship. If your leg gets blown off, he never changes. It doesn't change his nature or his character. If my five-year-old daughter's leg gets blown off, he doesn't change. Paul is is in his presence. We live in a world that's broken. We live in a world that's full of sin. Sinful people. We're sinful people. But you know what? God's a God who is good. And God is a God who will execute justice. God is a God who offers salvation. I was blown away this week when I saw a tweet by a pastor Talk about praying for the salvation of suspect number two. And it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Because, like, I didn't see any other tweets like that. Not about you. Nobody's tweeting like it. Pray that he is forgiven. You know, when his uncle's shouting out all this stuff about turn yourself in and ask for forgiveness, I'm thinking, like, nobody's forgiving you, dude. And the cross of Christ. All is made right. All can find forgiveness in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And listen, we worship him because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, if if you don't care about the cardinals, then you could care less about whether or not they win the World Series, right? It's like, who cares? I don't care about the Cardinals. Okay, so when you come here to church to worship God, if you're not engaging in relationship with God throughout the week, then who cares what worship looks like here, right? The the call of God is a call into His presence. It's relational. The the pillars, the the foundation of the Christian faith are all rooted in relationship with God. And listen, when you run hard after God, you don't manufacture a life of God. It flows out of you. And joy exists because God exists, and you want to find joy, find God. I love this passage in Isaiah 55. It says this, verse 12, For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. Listen, we're here today 
to celebrate our God. Who through his son has reconciled us to himself and will one day take us to be with him forever. I can't wait for that day. But I want to ask you this today. Can you, can you celebrate today? With the, week, with the craziness of the week, and maybe things have, have gone in your week to make it even worse, can you, can you worship him today? Can you live out Isaiah 55, 12? You go forth, go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Because listen, the creation is worshiping and applauding God in joyful, exuberant celebration. And where you find God, you will find joy. And today as we continue, we're going to sing and we're going to press into the Lord and we're going to celebrate all that he's done in baptism and four people are going to come up here and get in this water and, and celebrate, enjoy the work that God's done in bringing salvation to their hearts. And they want to say to you today, the transformation that God's done in them. And as we talk on the foundation of the Christian faith being one of them being joy. There's no greater picture of celebration and celebrating the joy that we have in the saving work of Christ than to watch two adults and two boys depict the work of Christ on the cross. So we're going to respond to him and then we're going to do that here in a few minutes. In a second, I'm going to pray, and, and we're going to sing a little bit, and you're going to have an opportunity to come forward and, and, and take of the Lord's Supper. If, if you're a Christian, we want to give you this opportunity to celebrate, whether you've never been to this church or, or whatever, to celebrate the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. It's not magic bread or juice. It's, we bought it at the store, but it's a symbol. So we invite you as we respond and we celebrate, enjoy the work that Christ has done. And might that propel us in our celebration through baptism, but more than that, would it propel us into his presence, for in his presence is fullness of joy. Where you find God, you will find joy. Let's pray, and we'll respond. Lord God, thank you for the cross. I confess that this week has been a fight for me to, to, to understand joy to walk in joy as it is, has been for many of us. I pray that we would experience your presence today. That as we respond, as we celebrate the broken body and shed blood of Jesus, as we come to the table that partake of communion, as we witness the baptism of these four individuals, would you stir our hearts with affection for you. Would you move in such a way that we would experience your presence and never, ever want to look back? Gosh, you're good. In the toughest of weeks, you're good. We love you. We thank you for the joy that was set before you. You endured the cross. You cared about our joy that much. 
We celebrate in response to that in Christ's name.